Hi, this is Steve Thompson, and today we're going to read Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. So, here's Stephen a man who is recognized for how God's grace and power flowed in and through him. And we don't know the time frame here, but at some point previous to what we just read, he and seven other men were commissioned and set apart for this special mission to bring justice and to meet practical needs. They were, in our terms, the go-local team. But clearly that's not all Stephen did. He was very likely doing a lot of teaching himself as well as constantly engaging people in spiritual conversation as he's serving and making sure people's needs are met. He may even be going around to different synagogues in the area, especially those of Greek-speaking Jews. And so he ends up in a discussion, probably not unlike many he'd had before. And because he speaks with such grace and wisdom and truth, They just get plain angry. We don't have any record of the content of what he said, just how he said it. But I would guess that we may have been getting at something similar to what Jesus explained to the Samaritan woman back uh, in John chapter 4. There was a Samaritan woman at the, the, the well, and Jesus was explaining to her that there is going to come a time when worship would not need to take place at a holy place like Mount Gerizim in Samaria or in Jerusalem in Israel. It wouldn't any longer be necessary that God is spirit and we can worship him in spirit and truth when we come together as his body, as his new temple. If that's what he was talking about, it could have been that, it could have been something else. Whatever it was, that kind of talk didn't go very well. These were not good talking points for a political candidate, for sure. But what's going on that they were so infuriated that they felt compelled and justified to twist his words and trump up charges that they knew would get him into trouble with the religious authorities? People don't typically get that angry when they're speaking with someone who's calm and gracious and insightful. So here's my analogy. I've always been a Lions fan. 
But it's when I moved to Brazil in high school that I became passionate about the Lions and about all things Michigan. All of a sudden, I had friends from all over the world, but it was with my fellow American friends that I really had the good-natured rivalries with. We're talking guys from Tennessee and Texas and Colorado. It's just a good thing there wasn't anybody from Ohio. It probably would have not gone well at that point. (laughs) But I'm proud of my state. I'm proud of where I'm from. It represents me. It's part of my identity now. Stephen was talking with Greek-speaking Jews who had two things that they held very dear. The first was their identity as Jews, as worshipers of the one true God. And where they came from, where they grew up, they stood out, and in some cases paid dearly for looking and acting differently than the cultures that they grew up in. They were the only pockets of Jews out there in these um, different cultures, these Greek, this Greek-speaking world. And secondly, they had all evidently, these gentlemen, they had all evidently relocated to Jerusalem for various reasons, but chief among them to be as close as possible to the temple, which was the center of their identity and worship, the very place where God himself said he would be on earth, he would be among his people. So if Stephen was preaching what I suspect he was, based on the reaction and based on the three-page sermon that's going to come on Monday, then he didn't just touch a nerve. He jumped up and down on it, graciously and with great wisdom and spirit guidance. But that's precisely what touched off this plot. They couldn't handle God doing something new. It's the same hardness of heart that got Jesus killed. So here's where I felt the Spirit nudged me with this passage. Normally, I like to identify with the hero of the story, especially such a Christ-like guy with an awesome name like Stephen. Uh, But here's what I heard this time. What do you get your panties in a bunch about? I know, that's weird, but the Holy Spirit sometimes uses my dad's old school phrases in my own mind. They make me giggle a little bit, and yet they convict me all at the same time. Um, But getting serious... I've had to take stock of this in my life. What do I get uptight about? What are the sacred cows that I've built up and I've embraced? And they would, if they're being touched or handled inappropriately, in my opinion, or, or mishandled, they'd get, that'd get me in a fighting mood. Now, granted, I don't think any of us are going to fly into a murderous rage or conspire to off someone, but... What different ways of understanding things or different ways of doing things do we get testy about in in our own faith family even or in the broader church with the big C, brothers and sisters in Christ? And probably even worse than fighting for it and speaking out against it or at least addressing it, we grumble and complain about it. What are those things in our life? Where are we being stubborn and stiff-necked people? Where are we clinging to something that God is asking us to move on from so that we don't miss out on a new thing that he's doing? So 
would you join me in spending maybe just a few moments before you move on with what are your, whatever you have next in your day and ask the Spirit to point out maybe if there's some of those things in your life that he's asking you to let go of. Let's just pray this together. Father, <laughs> gently speak to our hearts about where we're completely missing you or we're arguing with you because we've got a sacred cow in our lives. We're stuck on something that you said or did in the past or we're stuck on something that someone else said or did in the past and we're having a hard time moving beyond it. So Holy Spirit, would you soften our hearts so that we don't miss out on what new thing that you're doing. Point out the thing we need to let go of and then show us what that next step is that we need to take in not just releasing it, but moving on and, and really stepping out in faith into this new thing that you're doing. So I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.